0: Today's episode of Locked On MLB is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Today we are doing a crossover with the good folks over at Locked On Guardians. Let's start the show. You are Locked On MLB.
1: MLB Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. Thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day. I am Jeff Ellis. Uh, we have Sully with us, one of, I think, like, Sully, myself, and Stacey might be the only people left from, like, the first run of podcast on this network. I think we are the only, it's it's like a zombie apocalypse, and we are the three that have made it through uh, well, from those early days.
0: Well, Stacy, who's been here longer than me, Stacy was the one I knew. Stacy got beforehand on my old show, and she was the one who dragged me into this. Uh, just before the 2019 seasons, because they had a different person hosting my show. I'm Sully, the host of Lockdown MLB. In case of all uh, every good, who yeah. was wondering who the heck I am. So, I'm but I'm uh, yeah, we, we, but we've been we've been uh, yeah we've been here a while. We've been here for four seasons at least, right?
1: Yeah, I was I was dragged in by uh, four Detroit Tigers hosts ago. Uh, <laughs> that's that's who They were yeah. uh, they were people I wrote with at Scout. Um, who brought me in so I was part of the first grouping so I guess I don't maybe it's just Stacy and myself left I don't know who else is mm-hmm. is here from that in like were we opened with that initial group but yeah it's uh still been you've been here you might have done more episodes just because the rate of episodes you uh you tend to get out
0: yeah well I, I sometimes record an episode while I'm recording an episode so it kind of it works out well that way but well, good to have both of you on there, and you've got your cat on your lap. You look like a James Bond villain right now. You've got a locked-on specter going on that's here.
1: The, that's the bingo card. Bingos. It's one of our bingos. Yeah. It's like a cat, me interrupting Justin, uh, a cough. Uh, those are the things you can NBA count on reference. on the show. Yeah, you dated NBA reference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this is... Uh, that That's how it goes. I figure you know, just having a cat in your video has to help the YouTube metrics. I think that's what I, I, I that's think... What I that's the biggest part of uh, us monetizing this month is just random yeah. cats and babies. Right.
0: Um, hey, we're but, also running, we're running this show on the locked on MLB feed. So uh, why don't you two guys introduce yourself to the locked on MLB folks? Cause Jeff and jail here. You take your time. You know. I, I, you know, I guess so I'm Jeff
1: Ellis. Uh, if you want to follow me, it's at Jeff MLB draft. Uh, I, like I said, one of the, the originals here, I uh, used to write at Scout. Used to write twenty four seven. I just started writing again for fun, so we'll see. I'm, I'm putting out my. Uh, let's see. I'm at about fourteen picks into a, a mock draft for this year's MLB draft. Oh, uh, cool. Let's yeah. see. My total word count is already twenty five hundred words. I am long winded, so uh, right. it's going to be about you know seven thousand when I get through like thirty five picks. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm getting back into some of the writing of it. But uh, follow me if you want more draft content or Guardians content. Justin, yeah,
2: uh, I'm Justin Latta. I am. I think I'm still the newbie on the entire network. I don't think any, as far as the baseball channels are concerned, I don't think anybody else has come into the baseball channel uh, since I've come in in October. But uh, I don't recommend following me on Twitter personally. JL underscore baseball. I really don't recommend it. I I actually tweet a lot less than I used to. Maybe it's just because it's the winner, but. Um, during, during the season, I might tweet 20 to 30 times a day about guardians prospects and, um, just the guardians in general and whatever TV show I happen to be watching at the time. But, um, I've written about guardians prospects for, let's see, it's almost 2023. So going on 15 years now, it's been, I don't know, it's been a long journey. Um, currently guardians baseball insider, and I guess soon to be next year in Cleveland newsletter, if you want to subscribe to that.
0: So, um, Justin, do me do me a favor. Let me. I mean, the Guardians are already one of uh, they are the youngest team in baseball. It's one of the reasons I think they're so exciting going into next year. Um, and you know, you saw the likes. You know, the you know the Lindor was a steep price to you know a big talent to give up. But unlike some of the people, did I mention Mookie Betts of of uh, teams that traded away a star player? The Guardians got back good. I mean, they got a, a terrific uh, up the middle of their infield out of that deal. I mean, like they got value for that trade, and you know they got obviously Stephen Kwan had a great rookie year. Obviously, they got you know good production out of Oscar Gonzalez towards the end. Who are who are the next wave for the locked on MLB fans? Who are the next wave of young Cleveland players who are going to be inserted into this already? comically young team that is going to, you know, I think going to put together a, a good run and another shot at the division title.
2: Yeah. I would say at some point, you know, Ahmed Rosario's in his last year of his contract. We really have no idea what's going to happen with him at this point. Uh, I think he's going to get to the free agency next year. I don't see them extending him, despite what some people think or what he wants or Jose Ramirez wants um, you know, they'll find somebody within their system to step up, whether it's Gabriel Arias or Brian Rocchio and maybe eventually Angel Martinez. We'll see. But I would say the next big wave of young players, I'm sure Jeff would agree, is uh, is the pitching. They have to figure out an a, a exit strategy for Shane Bieber at some point. They have to find an exit strategy for Zach Polisek and Aaron Savali, who you know are still young and arbitration eligible, but uh, haven't really. Produce like they want them to, or stay healthy. And they have, you know, Daniel Spino and Gavin Williams and Tanner bybee and Logan Allen and Joey cantillo's on the forty. They got to figure out and Cody Morris. I should mention Cody Morris, um even though Cody Morris is twenty six, which isn't all that young anymore, I suppose. But uh he's youthful in innings. But at some yeah. point, they've got to move them in exactly that way. To interrupt, and yeah,
0: corrupted on this Cleveland roster. Twenty six. Oh my he, god, that's like uh
2: the fact yeah. they could run a car. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Have to take the keys away from him. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, why does there have to be an exit strategy for Shane Bieber? I mean, he's twenty; he's going to be 28 years old, and he's had a couple of uh, – two of his last three seasons have been outstanding.
1: I think he wants to go back home. Like, I don't have a ton of inside information on this, but honestly, I think he wants to return to the West Coast. I think for as much as Cleveland um, – listen, we also know they're not going to be able to resign him money-wise, but I think even if Cleveland had the money to sign him, I think he's going – Back to the west coast i think he's a dodger angel likely i think you know i he returns there often i think for any player it's just nicer to be closer to home and i think even if they had the money this isn't me being an apologist it's just legitimately i think yeah if they could have paid him a lot a few years ago maybe but now that he is so close to the end why not wait and just get paid by the dodgers anyways and go back home so i think it's like i said it's not a inside information it's just uh, some a little a few things here and there where i think that he is um i, I think he wants to go back to the west coast
0: uh, you know i have uh i i, I could go on a rant here and why not um cleveland has the money they have the money there's you, the snow yeah. here they have the money there isn't one owner of any team who cannot sign a major player and if we've seen anything I mean, you have one of the most valuable commodities, which is a workhorse ace under the age of 30. I'm sure he'd love to go home. I'm currently in Southern California. It's a lovely place. I would live anywhere for the right amount of money. Cleveland is the, obviously has the longest World Series drought of any of the franchises right now and of any of the cities, as both the Cubs and Washington have cut away any argument. And they have a remarkable core of young players, an ace pitcher, a Hall of Fame manager, a winnable division, and a payroll, which is only slightly higher than that of the hosts of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Why the hell? I mean, I, I would love to see someone explain to me why they can't sign them. And you can't say small market. That's not, a, that's not an excuse. I have three words. San Diego Padres.
1: San Diego Padres also have about three times the uh the, the average income. Like that's the thing that people tend yeah. to forget. It's like and this isn't to be an apologist for the Dolans. Dolans need to spend more, but one of the things, two things are one, if he gets the open market, Cleveland can't contend with the other Why teams. And not? he's gonna go to the open because they don't have the revenue base of those teams. And it's it's if you look at teams in terms of like population just things like population times um average income cleveland is a bottom three organization like they can't if the yankees or the dodgers are in a bidding war with them they're gonna lose even if even if they had an owner with money even if they're in that situation and san diego and then san diego and san diego comes up a lot but there's two things that really you have to put on the table san diego one is that is a top i believe five market in terms of average well, San Diego's the only game in town, too.
2: I know yeah. Jeff just froze on us. Uh, the Padres is the only game in town. They're, it's that the Chargers are gone. There's no NBA team. I mean, that, that's the only thing I would say for that. And Cleveland does have <clears throat> David Blitzer now, but we don't know how that's going to manifest itself. And David Blitzer seems to be more pursuant of land around the stadium. Like, but you know what Atlanta has? Atlanta has the... The ballpark village all that stuff so that that's what that's what uh david blitzer seems to be most interested in and it's going to take a few years for that to play out so um but no jeff's right whenever, whenever bieber hits the open market it'll it'll get out of the realm of where they will be willing to compete pitching I, what's the largest they've ever paid a pitcher because i it's it, i what's the last pitcher they signed to a contract carrasco kluber those were all.
1: Yeah. Before market deals. and the last free agent was Blackjack McDowell. Um, of I note, I like believe. I feel like I'm in
0: bizarre world right now. I absolutely feel like I'm in bizarre world right now. Living in California for years and years and years, all I kept hearing how it's unfair. San Diego has no chance. It's the tiniest market. Da da da. Then all of a sudden, they turn around and say, "Well, we're going to be big spenders," and. Okay, now we're like, well, I mean, obviously San Diego. When you think of big markets, when you think about big, like, i I, it, you might have it hitting my ears is the exact same as someone said, well, you know, it's not like the Red Sox can sign their stars anymore. It's like they, uh, they, you know, that's they, they, have to watch, they have to watch what they spend. This is I, okay. Here, here's why don't I meet you halfway? Why don't I meet you halfway? What if the Guardians? raise their payroll to mediocrity? What if no, they not- had a mediocre payroll? Because right now it's it, it's uh, it's so stupidly low and so irresponsibly low that yeah, I think the commissioner should intervene and get new damn owners in there. It's bad for baseball. And this is a team that is like two solid players away from being a legitimate World Series contender, in my humble opinion to break this great long curse. And they have been blessed with a 28 year old Cy Young contender. And we're saying, well, these billionaire owners with the lowest payroll of any contender, eh, they can't really sign him because they haven't built. The well, road, he also
1: the- has declining ball. velocity is coming off injury and had an up and down season. Like there's a lot to it just because I get into this with our fan base as well. Like Shane Bieber has his peaks, um, but there it's, it's not, you know, even if you look today at zips with Dan Zaborski, he wrote up, he's not the guy he was two years ago. Like there's also reasons specifically with pitching, why you don't pay pitchers in particular. And again, even if this is in a vacuum, I think he Cleveland is not the preferred choice. I don't think he's against it. And, you know, just for the whole idea, if you're looking at just revenue, the estimated generated revenue, San Diego is 15th. Cleveland is 20th. Um, if everything is an open market and everything is the same, let's say we make it the NFL, which it's not, there's no cap. New York's New York still generates or the Dodgers generate twice the income Cleveland does. And like, I mean, that, that has an effect. Like, I I think it's, it's a little Pollyanna to say anyone can bid on these guys when there are teams that just have more revenue. Like it's,
0: that that
1: is going to give you an advantage.
0: I don't think that they're going to have a like a payroll as high as Los Angeles. I say stop, no. stop being the pirates. You're they're not. To win the World Series.
1: They're, they've moved up into. They're nearly at hundred million this year. Good. So I mean, they've they've made four. The only reason I'm getting this way is because this is literally like, I'm I'm already like looking forward to our comments. Like you know, there's yeah. a lot of people <laughs> in our comments who like come come after us. I like want Cleveland hold, to win. We hold the, the first strings.
0: I was was the only person not from Cleveland rooting against the Cubs in 2016. I So I desperately wanted Cleveland to win that World Series. You would have thought I grew up in Youngstown when uh, uh, Rajay Davis hit that home run. I was going so bananas. I just, you know, I I want...
1: And that's why, like I said, I lost internet there, but I'm sure Justin commented. It's like, we're hoping minority ownership will help push this forward. We agree. Like, there's no way that this this is a team that should probably where they are at this point in contention, have like 120 million payroll. They're moving forward. um, But you know, 130, 140, they should be closer, to middle of the pack. Unfortunately. Um, Yeah. I mean, they do have an owner who is not interested in, I don't want to say he's he's interested in winning, but at a cost, you know, It, it is the same owner who made the statements, enjoy him about Francisco Lindor that was, you know, I'm going to be mocking him about that till end of time because it was not very forward-thinking. And who also talked about, you know, good fans buy luxury boxes. So he's had some faux pas. There's some yeah. issues. And I think and it's, it's a toxic situation as well. So even though I've been both a defender and an attacker when it comes to Dolan, the best thing is just moving on and ending what is a toxic relationship between City and owner.
0: Well, one thing I can say, by the way that the team is constructed and – by the way the other teams in the division are kind of in like teetering around, you know, mediocrity or being worse. I think it's a borderline surefire bet that Cleveland's gonna repeat as division champions. If you're gonna make any bets, go to betonline.net. Give me that banner below. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends. For every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college football, basketball, but no longer the World Cup, unless you want to put your money retroactively on Argentina or really get your bet in early for 2026. If you love sports podcasts, and I'm guessing you do if you're listening to my voice right now, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online it's where the game starts how was that i
1: uh just want to make one final statement uh on the whole ownership thing i will say the one thing that is in ownership's favor being a cleveland sports fan is they get the heck out of the way i think as a cleveland sports fan we have seen the dangers of new money coming in and just getting in the way of everyone this front office is you know maybe in all of sports the pinnacle front office like there's a reason why they have a team has hired their pitching coach from cleveland the last three years yeah. why the front office is always rated and the one thing i will give the only credit to is he just gets the heck out of the way and lets yeah. them operate That's and really my cool. one concern is that someone i don't think blitzer's the type and blitzer owns like five teams so i think he's the perfect owner in that way like he's not gonna get metal but that is the one thing you say after years of haslam um i am at some time sometimes i just have to take a step back and be like it could be worse.
0: It hey, be uh, worse. I, I want to be positive here for a second because they did make an addition that I thought was I. I liked the acquisition of Bell as the new first baseman. I don't know what your take on it was. I know he didn't play particularly well when he went to San Diego. Um, he did hit a couple of home runs in the postseason, but well, he is has... didn't like him. What?
2: I was going to say Zips did not like Josh Bell this year.
0: Well, I, I, I'm yeah. I just. I think what they need, I think what this team needs is a, is a bat here or a bat there. You know, like, I love that this is a speed team. I love that this is a take first to third on a single team. I love that brand of baseball. I know I'm supposed to say, Universal DH, please hit five home runs a game. Please don't steal bases because something, you know, there's one, because it, it's hazardous. I like hazards. I like excitement. I like movement. I like pace of play. I don't – I when a runner gets on base, I don't want to fall asleep. The most boring play in baseball is the walk. The second most boring play in baseball is the strikeout. I like to see a ball hit in play and things happen. And Cleveland's the type of team that does that. And you need a couple of hitters in that team who will – I know this is, this is sacrilege to say, but will hit the ball in play. Get the ball – hit the ball somewhere – and I do think if look at, I'm not saying Josh Bell is Aaron judge, uh, but I think that acquiring players like that would go a long way to give them an extra batter two along the way. I was hoping they would have acquired JD Martinez. I thought that would have been a fit where it would have been almost like having another hit, just having a professional hitter in the middle of that lineup. I think would go a long way, but they didn't, they signed bell. Uh, and I, from, from where I'm sitting, that's like, you know, a good, you know, low risk potential high ceiling, uh, pickup.
1: Yeah. He's a solid performer. I think what we learned with the zips thing and, you know, we'll talk with Dan about this tomorrow is when you look at a Josh Bell and a Steven Kwan, why did zips not like him? They don't hit the ball hard enough. Like that's, that's the thing. Um, you know, he is an at lower average exit velocity and I think that's part of the reason he, uh, he didn't grade out as high in that system, but, uh, he's an upgrade. Like no doubt. Like they were, I mean, he replaced, he's going to replace what potentially is Owen Miller, which I mean, after, I mean, he was on fire for the first month and a half. Then after that he was a 60 runs creative plus he was not good. So, uh, yeah, he's a switch hitter. Um, you know, he immediately won points when people found out, I think he was married to a girl from the Youngstown area. Speaking of Youngstown earlier, uh, he's already got some Ohio ties, And You know, he's a really smart dude. He's one of those players that will fit in with some of those more cerebral types in the clubhouse. And uh, San Diego is not a hitter-friendly park. He definitely seemed to die when he went there, at least in terms of how he was hitting and producing. So you're hoping to buy low. Uh, If you're going to lose out on Jose Abreu, I think he's a heck of a plan B. At least that's my view. Justin, you haven't had a chance to chime in.
2: Well, I mean they were they were after Jose Abreu. All the reports suggest they they made an yeah. aggressive offer to Abreu and Bell was their plan B. So they wanted the offseason with with the intent to improve the lineup and they have, I would say. I mean, Bell over having to play Owen Miller at first base or DH is a, is a, is an upgrade, even if they think it's just like a a D to a C, even if at the worst and then taking Austin Hedges to Mike Zanino. I know people are skeptical about Zanino and the injury, and Zanino's the one guy in the lineup who's not going to make a lot of contact, but everybody else will now, and Hedges didn't last year. But when Mike Zanino does make contact, the ball goes a long way, which for Austin Hedges it often didn't. So they upgraded there, and there's still room for a bat. I mean, there's still room for them to add a hitter. I don't know where that's going to come from. At some point, they have to make a trade with all these prospects they have because they can't keep sitting on them. Right. Um, so there's still room to add a hitter depends on how they want to play it. And they don't have to necessarily add a hitter to like a certain spot in the lineup. They can just add it wherever. Um, I just, the, the thing we talked about before is the lack of, there's a lack of trade partners out there and Cleveland is also difficult to trade with. That's part of their issue as well as they are, you know, infamous for setting value on their players. And this is what we want to get for this player. And if we don't get it, we will not make the trade. We will not meet in the middle. You will meet us at our value. And, that's that. So that also makes it difficult. But yeah, there's room for a hitter for sure.
0: I'm gonna let's start. Let's start a rumor. Let's start a rumor. Um, I'm so bad at these things. <laughs> but let's start a rumor because the best hitter who will probably be traded, and and the, of course, <coughs> excuse me, the this team that's gonna break camp is not necessarily the team that's gonna be on the field in in. Uh, in July, I mean, there's, you, there's there are tremendous prospects they have, in the, and you know, and as you said, there are more prospects than there are slots on the team, which makes them a very good team to pull a trade with. Now, I'm going to say this: one of the wealthiest organizations in baseball has suddenly decided they're dirt poor and cannot sign their players anymore, and a beloved homegrown figure is. Probably going to be on the trade block in Raphael Devers. Could they swing for a rental? It probably won't cost them all their best prospects for a rental, Raphael Devers, if it's clear that the Red Sox are not going to sign him to a long-term deal. Uh and, and you can put him and you can put him anywhere because he's not necessarily the greatest third baseman in the world. I know you already got Ramirez.
2: Yeah, is Devers a free agent at the end of the year. Is that yes. the deal? Is? Yes,
1: yeah.
0: yes, yeah. I
2: mean, Cleveland doesn't necessarily go deep, they never,
1: rentals. yeah, they don't go rental, but
2: it's been Jay Bruce, it's been uh, Josh Donaldson, if you even want to call that. That was more of a let's let's hope this works out sort of thing with Josh Donaldson. So, Jay Bruce was really the last time they, they played in the rental market, and they could, they definitely could. I don't know where. I don't know. Would you DH him or would you? Sure. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
0: You put it first. I, one, yeah. yeah.
1: The question is, would they meet a cost? Um, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, if you're talking about six months, if you're a Red Sox fan, there's there's not a huge return. But I would also argue the biggest mistake the Red Sox made this past year was, I mean, like you want to talk about mismanagement. Oh, yeah. Not trading J.D. Martinez at the deadline, not trading, you know, of all because not only did that, they didn't get any prospects, but they kept themselves in the highest tax range. So then instead of getting comp B picks, which happened after the second round, they got picks that happened after Instead of getting the equivalent of an early third. They got an early fifth like they cost themselves multiple positions, uh, you know, lots of money in the draft, um, higher draft picks, and they got nothing for their guys. Like it is a weirdly mismanaged situation. Um I mean i I honestly you know, I'm sure a Red Sox fan wouldn't would be like, You know you're not getting him then, but I wouldn't trade any of Cleveland's like top seven top eight guys I'm like, yeah okay let's let's put it, you know, maybe Brian Rocchio is about as high as I would discuss, but I don't even know, especially for a rental, the prices have been uh pretty mediocre through the years um you know, Manny Machado is probably the last guy I can think of in that situation who was similar, and he went for like the 10th best prospect in the Dodger system and two guys yeah. in the teens. That, that, so, that
0: trade turned into a disaster for Baltimore. Yeah,
1: they got nothing to show for it. So I think could Cleveland chase? Absolutely. Boston. I mean, Boston's just backed I themselves into such a I terrible it. corner. Yeah. Like, and it's, you know, it's I hard to feel too bad because they've been so successful of late, but like, it's, it's hard to not look at like some of the things they've done in the draft and some of the things they've done with their players. And just, I, I don't understand.
0: Neither do I. And I'm a, coming from a native New Englander who grew up one of the biggest Red Sox fans you'll ever meet in your life. I'm looking at this front office going, I have no clue what you're doing. I have no, this is, I I've seen whack-a-mole games with a clearer strategy than what they're doing. But I figured um, their, their front office is in such a disarray. I just thought maybe there was a way Cleveland could, um take advantage of it you know but um, you know, i wonder
1: if it's something along the lines of like gabriel arias arias you know his mm-hmm. name I always butcher who was i mean i thought at the time was arguably the centerpiece of the clevenger deal you know you talked about how well they did with the um with uh with the lindor trade they did maybe even better with that clevenger deal it's, so it's like maybe you're, you're looking at someone like you know Arias, who could be a shortstop of the future type and then maybe some farther down the line, process maybe a Logan Allen, the left hand pitcher. It still feels a little bit rich, but it it you know it, you are tr- talking about one of the elite hitters. Uh, it would be a, an abrupt change for them, but it'd be you know if you did want to get fans excited, that's how you do it.
0: I just think they need that a couple of really just strong bats in that line. I, I would I love their pitching staff, I really do. And even if even if they're not going to get. Cy Young candidate Bieber, I think that you you saw that they just up and down just have good arms and you just and they have a lot of jackrabbits on their team. It, it almost feels like they're I mean, I'm aging myself a little bit because I I'm a fan of I remember 1980s baseball very very well. The Cardinals were one of the elite teams of that decade. when the only team to win three pennants in the 80s, and they were they almost won two World Series along the way. Actually, they almost won three because they had. They had a lead in game seven of the world series in, in 87. Um, and they were a team that was loaded with smart hitters who could run first to third and steal bases. And there was always one big thumper in the middle of their lineup, whether it was Hernandez or Clark or whomever it was, who would get the big hit. And I just look at this Cleveland team and they have the thumper to a degree in Ramirez. I just need, think he needs a little bit of backup and, this division, I know the division play is – first of all, I, I'm an advocate of blowing up division play altogether. but I, I don't – it no longer serves a purpose. But uh, if they're continuing play divisions, then Cleveland's the, – the, the biggest problem for Cleveland is going to be either young kids having regression or the White Sox finally happy that they're not under Tony LaRusa anymore – and letting loose and, and playing at the capability that they can, but they lost to Braille, you know, and, and I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, they, what, they acquired Ben Attendi. Uh, uh, no, that's not going to make up for what Jose Abreu meant to that team. So this really is Cleveland's division to win and man, they just uh, give them a thumper and they're going to get it.
1: No, it's like I said, Justin talked about it on our show and here, uh, There's just, you're kind of hoping like Arizona falls apart, but at this point you don't even have a place for Christian Walker. So it's almost like this is my dream scenario is Taylor Blake Ward from Los Angeles. If he replicates what he does and that team falls apart, but it's, it's a weird, weird time in terms of finding a match. Uh, You know, I was thinking as we look at time here, uh, it's time for some dramatic things. And then we can maybe come back around. I feel like, you know, it's a dramatic time in the podcast, right?
0: Well, then let me, let me pull a little drama right here. Let me just ask a couple of dramatic, serious questions here. Um, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in the states where marijuana is completely legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? So look, at driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high or you get a DUI. This is paid for by NHTSA.
1: Speaking of Tony LaRusa, oh, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, God. Oh,
1: Oh, Oh. Um, all right. Uh, send, so it's send, send my last, it's to, my uh, last, with... uh, my last Lockdown Guardians episode. It's been nice knowing <laughs> all of you. <laughs> Justin, Justin, Jeff. Well, thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Um, so now
0: it's just Stacey and me from the from the old yeah. guard left.
1: Listen, <laughs> that is a general. A
0: Tony Montana blazing
1: <laughs> that is a general problem in baseball. I would like to see them address. Uh, it is, I mean, we know the Josh Hancock story. We know the, uh, you know, multiple stories of this and unfortunately it is a baseball problem. So when I hear this ad read, I just feel like, you know, we need to take it. I just want to say to people like, be serious about this stuff. Like this is a consistent problem in baseball. Uh we have not had a pop up in a while, but we we joke about the Tony LaRusso of it all. Because like it's happened multiple times and you know it has cost multiple baseball players their lives. So that's that's smarter hear, and better.
0: I want
2: to hear I, a positive story about that actually. I will say from Cleveland's perspective, uh, I heard last year in the past in Columbus, the uh, the clubhouse would be they'd be asking to stock the, the fridge with beer in Columbus more often In this past year. It was pretty much non-existent. It was mostly energy drinks and water and energy drinks like, uh, you know, just what they call that body armor or something not to promote a sponsor we don't have but it was more water and but if they want to stuff.
1: sponsor us we would gladly support their <clears throat> great. product it was
2: a great great segue yeah they uh, very very little beer stocking of the, of the fridge in Columbus this year a lot of water and other recovery drinks we'll say so
0: if you want uh, a good I'll, note on that I'll take it I'll take it a step further and I I mentioned this on the old Sully Baseball podcast uh, this won't get much traction now but I think there's something to it I'm 100% for no beer sales at a ballgame 100% for that um, for this reason. Before anyone says, oh, you can never do that, I was picking up uh, uh, old programs from the from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and how many of them had cigarette ads in them? How many teams had big cigarette ads built all over the stadium? You, and, and cigarette sales and everything like that were critical. People were smoking the ballparks with lots of advertising, and now that's not even, you don't even think about that. There's so many other corporate sponsorships and everything that you can have based on things other than beer sales. And guess what? When you go to a ball game, who's always the person that makes going to a ball game unpleasant? You want families there. You want families there of six or seven people, each buying a ticket. There's no children's ticket, each buying ticket, each buying, there's no children's hot dog. There's no children's, uh, uh, nacho cup you know, like like the the helmet and buying this the uh the freaking you know souvenirs. It's always drunk people who ruin the experience. It's always people. Whenever there's anything bad happen, they well they were really intoxicated. Oh, they were really drunk. They're really this. They're really that. We don't have drunk people going to an Avengers movie. We don't have drunk people staggering around Disneyland. I, I yeah, I know there are stadiums that are named. Coors Field, Busch Stadium, Miller Park—all that stuff. Guess what? If we can change the name of, you know, well, they actually—it's not—it's no longer Miller Park. We can change the name of anything if we want. So let's—I—I. I, I, every time I've had an unpleasant—I've been to at least twenty-eight ballparks. I know it's a weird specific number to say. I've been to at least twenty-eight ballparks. Every time I've had an unpleasant experience, it's been because someone's been plowed. So. If, and and what and if you don't have people, especially down the street at Dodger Stadium here. How many times people didn't like to bring their families there? I don't like to bring my families there. Too many drunks, too many fights, too many this. So I I, I know I'm I'm preaching to to deaf ears right now. I don't know if they are allowed to say that anymore, but I am for cutting it off. There you go.
2: I don't disagree with you. That's why I stopped going to Browns games. To be honest with you. Cause they're way worse than anybody And it, opening day is the only time that's a problem in Cleveland for the guardians, but uh, that definitely won't fly in Cleveland because the people who uh, paid for that stadium were beer drinkers and cigarette smokers. The syntax syntax is what paid for uh, right. Jacob's now progressive field, but I, I'm not, I am not against you. I mean, like I said, that's why I stopped going to Browns games because yeah. too many, too many uh, inebriated people and doing things that were just unnecessarily stupid. So, I don't I was at the
1: uh, I was at the bottle gate game against the Jaguars I got to got to see that firsthand uh, back in the day no I listen right, I had to
0: cough there I turn my camera off no oh,
1: I you know I'm it's a hot button issue um but yeah no it's like whenever you kind of have a cringe moment at a game it's definitely yeah. tied to someone yeah. drinking mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. so
0: well anyway um so let's back talk to about the guardians great, let's talk about great cleveland memories how about ten cent beer night
1: <laughs> my dad was there oh my really was, yes my father was <laughs> present at ten cent beer night he laughed after the third inning because and i quote uh it was a real bleep show i can't yeah. say what he uh what he goes we were there i could tell it was getting bad we laughed after the third yeah. like he did not stay for the full gamut but he went up uh experienced that and it was like a time to go home
0: yeah he's got Uh, the ticket too
1: for everyone being like everyone says they went no my dad had the ticket so (laughs) i have physical proof
0: if you have an issue with me saying there shouldn't be beer sales at a a ball game uh send me send me your thoughts at locked on mlb pods on twitter or on instagram uh throw them right at me throw them right in my face tell me why i'm wrong tell me why i'm wrong it has nothing to do with freedom or anything like that you can't bring a keg to the movie theaters (laughs) You know you can't bring you can't walk around Disneyland with a, a fifth of Scotch. Okay, there's nothing to do with freedom. All right, they're not prohibition. Just no beer sales. There you, you go. Could buy drunk. beer at movie Get theaters now. Before.
2: what? You could buy beer at movie theaters now. Surprised? I haven't seen a movie in a while, but you can buy alcohol there now. I was a little surprised by that.
0: Yeah, I did well, they they weren't <laughs> selling them at Wakanda Forever last weekend for me. So,
2: oh, um, maybe it's an Ohio thing. I don't know.
0: Oh, there you go. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm preaching to the wrong crowd by saying it in yeah, Ohio. I forgot. Ohio. Last time. I, I've, I've, I've loved my times when I visited Ohio. I went to um, old the, the Mistake by the Lake. I went to old Cleveland uh, Stadium. Old Municipal. Yep. And I've been to um, – I saw League Park before they refurbished it. Um, I went to Jacobs Field. It was called Jacobs Field when I was there. And they were called the Indians. And uh, I went to Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. I've not been to Great America, which looks gorgeous. Looks absolutely gorgeous. And you know, and I've liked Cleveland and I liked uh Cincinnati. I'd like both of those cities. I'd love I'd love to see uh I would love to see an All Ohio World Series one of these days. I think that'd be fun.
1: Yeah. what was the year <laughs> it got closest? Was that like ninety five was in the nineties well, that well, Cincinnati? 90, yeah ninety
0: five the Reds were in the NLCS against Atlanta. And they lost the first two games in extra innings. Like they could have taken, they could have taken home field, uh, uh, won one of those two games, and made it a real interesting series. And of course, Cleveland went on to uh, win the pennant that year. But that was that was as close as it got. And that's when the Reds were wearing their white hats, they looked like the good humor men. That said, you know, great. Uh, you know, there's some great players on that team, but I hated those uniforms with the the white hat with the red pinstripes on them. I thought they looked ridiculous
1: whereas that was my hat when I was 11, 12 and 13 because I won it and uh I didn't have any other baseball hats so I actually wore that ridiculous hat for uh, a few years because it was it was free.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well there you go. There you go. Um some f- final thoughts on this. Um I I th- I, I just want to say I I want to see Cleveland win for for two reasons. I I'm tired I'd like generational championships to happen and this is kind of the last big lingering one because then after that it's the expansion teams like you know who haven't won yet those will be the ones that will be you know have the longest droughts um but also i'm such a huge terry francona fan that it's having him manage they were he was one tyler naquin's was it no not taylor naquin um Uh, what's the name of the guy? Uh, Kipnis, Jason Kipnis swing Mm. from winning the world series. When he hit that drive that, that went foul for a second there, I thought it was going to like that, you know, it was going to happen. But, um, if he could win world series in both Boston and in Cleveland, um, I mean, I mean, he's going to the hall of fame anyway. Um, but I think that I just would love to see him, you know, have his, you know, his third title and, you know, right off in the sunset. Um, but I also, I just think it's, it would be great to see this team finally win and, um, you know, and sort of to get a lot of the, you know, take a lot of the suffering and just put it on the shelf, which is why I can't believe when you have you, I know I'm going to, you have an ownership set you could be, you could do this. It's there. It's sitting right there. Spend a little, just a little <sighs> bit of dough to get your bats going, and uh sorry. Uh,
1: no, I mean, I I agree. It would have been nice to see like one more, you know, one more bat upgrade. It's just, um, it's it, you know, it's I'm gonna put it this way without someone. People are already gonna get mad at me. It's a double edged sword, right? Like. Things are actually moving well prospects are playing well i think there's some if if you went deep on zips today uh, i don't know how many people went deep on zips but george valera's number two comp was aaron judge so like uh i know i know i'm gonna ask him about that tomorrow uh but i think there is part of it is sometimes I'm sure the front office would spend probably on extensions if they had it like me i would love the payroll to be higher because that meant we re-signed tristan mckenzie and andres jimenez to contracts right now much like atlanta does but i think sometimes the front office like they legitimately like some of these guys and don't want to block some spots so for as much as another bat would be great i think the front office is actually feeling like they're in a good spot and the guys like valera rocchio Naylor are you know we're a bridge to a gap and now, I know even talking Justin and I through the years, Will Brennan is someone that maybe doesn't get the national run he deserves, but is very well thought of in system, even if Zips is not a fan of his. But I think sometimes it's not always the money. Now, again, I would love them to spend money on the extensions that I talked about. Like they, and it's not to say they won't. Like Straw and Classe happened before last year. Like they kind of more do those later in the spring, but that's what I'd love to see happen. And then, you know, if something opens up, at the deadline and if someone underperforms like if Oscar gonzalez regresses if no one steps up i think it's perfect time but i am weirdly okay with where they are right now okay all right justin, justin. i feel like I've, I've cut you off like 17 times today no i think we're only at like four okay <laughs> i
2: don't know well the people will comment and let us know if, if you did no i i i would like to see them maybe get another insurance bat for sure i don't know who that's going to be and I, I know i keep saying. I'd like to add another bullpen arm too, and I know they don't really have the space for it in terms of roster spots. But bullpens always scare me year to year. So adding, adding an experienced bullpen arm. But and, and even so, signing a free agent reliever is never a good idea. I don't like spending free agent dollars on relievers because they are incredibly unreliable. And, and if you're asking a team to spend money, you should want them to at least spend it on something that's got a little more, a little more, a little less volatility, and right. that is not relievers. Right. <laughs> Unless you absolutely have no choice,
0: yeah. And I always think you're almost better off signing a starting pitcher who may be starting to fade, and hope that you know, roll the bones that they'll uh, they'll play well as a reliever. So, well,
2: we'll look we'll, back in the
0: bullpen. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, look, we've been we've been yapping around for a while here, um, but hey, thanks for having me on Lockdown Guardians, and I'm going to be playing the show on the Lockdown MLB feed as well. Uh, you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Sully Baseball Podcast and subscribe on YouTube. And you can see on my Sully Baseball YouTube page the in memoriam videos that I make at the beginning of each year. And we're going to have, a f- sadly, we're going to have a few more this year with the likes of Gaylord Perry, Bruce Suter, Vince Scully. And we just got word of Tom Browning, who was a big part of the 1990 World Series title for Cincinnati who also threw the perfect game against the the eventual world champion Dodgers in 88. So um, check that out. And thank you guys for having me part of your show.
1: No, for fun. sure. Thanks That's,
0: for
2: coming on.
1: No, it's great to talk. That made me want to go dig up Doug Jones. Well, no, not dig up um, oh, Poor choice of words. <laughs> I was trying to remember when Doug oh, Jones. God. Right.
0: It's got, got dark, man.
1: Uh, because <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, you know, he's one of the underappreciated. It was that was 2021, not this right. year. He
0: was, he was in last year's in Memoria, years then. Yeah, he was
1: that. underappreciated, one of the great relievers Five-time All-Star. in Cleveland history.
0: Five time All Star.
1: Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, by the great way, reliever. So. Thanks
0: so much for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today. Make your second listen be Locked On MLB. Your third listen should be Locked On Sports Today. You get the biggest stories. Around the Sports World in 20 Minutes or Less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Uh, and then, again, big thank you to Sully for jumping in, giving a new perspective. Uh, I know there's going to be people in the comments saying, you know, hallelujah to to what you're preaching. So uh, you're going to immediately grab some fans. So go check out Locked On MLB if you enjoyed that. Uh, and the way we end all of our shows is Go, go, Guardians, go.